Whilst we love sharing our lives and chatting about these topics with you guys, we want to make it super clear that we're not experts or your personal psychologist and anything we discuss is purely our experiences and are not claimed to be absolute fact, but rather our opinion. We're super passionate about bringing light into these conversations as we believe in the power of vulnerability. Oh my goodness, welcome back to Love on the Line. It's your host, Phoebe. And it's Tam. We are so excited to be back with you guys after what feels like a forever hiatus of not recording and posting for you. It's honestly been the longest break ever. Like, I have missed this so much. Tam and I are both currently in our oodies in the studio. (laughs) We were supposed to post, that's a bit of a tongue twister last week but Phoebes was sick so we thought we'd hold off because this episode is quite important but Phoebes we're five months into the year what on earth how are we feeling I was actually thinking about this today I am so excited because I'm like normally the year just goes so slow or I'm just waiting for Christmas to come and all that kind of stuff but I think I'm just really enjoying the present at the moment like everything's going pretty good just living life but yeah it's it's been pretty quick hey yeah I think uni makes it really quick because you just kind of jump ahead in the months and you're like oh I've got like seven assignments due and then oh my gosh it's already June kind of thing but have you got any life updates we haven't been on the pod for like five weeks now what's been happening well last time I checked in with everyone it was a bit espresso depresso um but Phoebe's doing really well, which is exciting. Praise Jesus. Um, Yeah, my mental health has gotten a lot better, which is amazing. Um, Me and God are going really well, which is cool. Um, Church is going well. I'm youth leading now, which is really exciting. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. You do have to trek it out to Roseberry like three times a week though. How's that going? My petty bill isn't the best. It is quite expensive, but... I am just loving it and I don't know, making all my new friends has been so lovely and it's definitely worth it and I think it shows in like everyone's commitments to travel that far because pretty much nobody that I'm friends with at the church lives near church. So we're all kind of very committed, which is really cool. Um, What about you? Are you staying around next week? I heard you're jetting off somewhere. I'm going to interject because I just remembered last time we checked in, you were talking about exchange, whether or not that was happening. Phoebe did not get accepted into exchange. (laughs) To be fair, it's because I don't have enough space on my degree left. It wasn't because of me. But um. So I really wanted to go to America and live there for six months. Um, I just thought it would be really cool. But 10 of events, I'm still going to America at the end of this year. I'm going to Passion Conference, which is in Dallas, which is a really cool young adults Christian conference um, that I've wanted to go to forever. And then after that, I'm going to be spending New Year's Eve in New York, which is so exciting. Um, and then I'm going to LA. So I'm with um, my friend Ella in Dallas and my friend Joe in New York. Currently solo in LA, but we'll, we'll figure it out. The Lord's got it. Have a little Disney trip by yourself. Maybe meet like Prince Charming. <gasps> Imagine. That would be magical. That is very exciting. But anyway, back to me because I'm an attention whore. Um, so next week, if you've been keeping up with my crazy life, my visa got rejected at the start of the year, six hours before I was supposed to fly, meet my niece, go to Hawaii with the besties. Huge trauma. I'm going to say that. 
Um, but anyway, I went to Melbourne with one of my best friends. We made a little weekend trip of it, got my visa, praised the damn in literally five minutes. And then I was really sad that my family were going all on a whole month long holiday without me. And I just had to do uni. But literally yesterday we managed to squeeze in a seven day trip. So I literally go to the States next Thursday. I'm so excited. I'm a bit nervous, but I'm excited to meet my niece. It's literally so out of the blue. I just get a call from Tam and I was mid nap before work. And I was like, oh no, what does she want? <laughs> no, I'm joking. But I picked up, she was like, I'm going to America on, the, on Thursday. And I was it's so exciting. I can't believe you're going to meet Charlotte. I know. She's going to be a year old on the 16th of August. So, like, it's been a long time coming just getting to meet her. But, yeah, so that's my update on that front. I'm also starting – it's so wild. So I literally get back a day before Prague. So I'm going to have to juggle jet lag, juggle going to low-key a dodgy school. And so my goal of Prague is to just not get stabbed. I'm praying that the Lord will have his hand over that. I mean, I hope so, but don't worry. Mama Phoebes is going to be there that morning. I'm going to stay and I'll make you a little pack lunch. I'll make you up, make you a coffee. Make sure you get to school on time. Thanks, mom. Because my whole family is going to be vacationing. So I'll be an orphan at home on my first day of prac. I'll move in. I'll move in. I'm actually house sitting for her while she's away. So if, every, if everyone wants to come over, parties every night. Like, let's go. Love on the Line will be ending if my house is trashed. So this is the warning. The audience know. I think we all know Phoebe will be in bed by 9 p.m. with King George, the dog, um, with a little with a little wine, watching some Real Housewives. That, that'll be me every night. Amazing. Also, because I talk about it every week, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills will be coming out by the time this potty episode drops. So excited because Erica Jane and that whole lawsuit thing. Crazy. She's looking at me like I know what's happening here. I know nothing about Real Housewives. You and my mom, Tam and my mom are going to have a little Real Housewives date. Um, I'm not invited, but they're going to watch Real Housewives together. But at least you know about the Kardashians. We've been kind of watching the new Kardashian show. I haven't watched the last episode, I know. Sinner. Was the last episode the engagement? Yeah. That was a good ep. I... Okay, I'm loving this new season and new era of the Kardashian show because obviously we've both like grown up with it and watched the old stuff. This new style is just so fresh and honest and I just love it. I feel like you see more about their personal lives and the sisters separately than it's just, oh, we're the Kardashian family and you see a bit more drama. I saw on TikTok a clip of Penelope crying when Courtney got engaged. Why? So essentially... They got engaged like 55 minutes away from where they live in Santa Barbara, I think. And um, obviously like Kim, Chloe, Kendall, Kylie, Chris um, all went up and also Travis's kids as well. Um, but Courtney's kids didn't come. They didn't invite Courtney's kids. I think mainly because they didn't want to want Scott to find out before they got engaged. Um, so Courtney and Travis get engaged and it's so exciting and beautiful and all the roses, like, just gorgeous. But then Courtney's like, oh, I'd better tell my kids because they're not here. And obviously her number one thing in life is that she's a mom and she loves her kids. And then P was a bit upset and so was Rain. Mason, I don't know how he's going to cope because he's a bit older. But, yeah, I, f- I really felt for her. She wanted her kids to be there and Chris kind of made that decision for her. That is so rough. I thought it was because she didn't want um... – Courtney to get engaged but that's even more sad I think they are like I think they still were a bit shocked that 
Courtney was engaged, I think for any kid it would be a bit confusing and rough, especially they're young. And I, I don't know. I think they were just scared, scared that Travis was going to replace their dad as well, which I totally get. Um, but yeah, and Courtney was really upset because she really wanted them there and she's never going to have that opportunity again. It would suck. Yeah, but I mean, at least they'll be there for the wedding. That's like the most important part. And they're also trying to have a baby. Insane. Literally insane. But also it's Courtney, so I'm not even surprised. She friggin' loves popping out a kid, I'll tell ya. Did you see, though, she got so much backlash at the some red carpet event. She looked, like, a little bit bloated. And people were like, oh, my gosh, she's pregnant, she's pregnant. And she was on this medication and, like, hormones and stuff because they're trying to, like, have a IVF baby. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, the media sucks. Like, this woman has had a phenomenal body for her whole life. She still had a phenomenal body even with a blow. But, like, she's trying to have a kid and we're scrutinizing her body. It's insane. And she's also, how, 40, 40? Like, I don't know. She looks incredible, but also she's happy and she's healthy. And that's literally all that matters. So, yeah, it is really rough. All right. I saw this very controversial hot topic. I don't really know if where my head's at with it. So let me give you a scenario. You might have already seen it. But if we're meeting at midday and I say, can we bring it forward two hours? What time is it? 10 a.m. But to be fair, when I first saw it, I thought it was two and I checked the comments and I was like, whoop, I'm wrong. But then I understood. I still think it's 2 p.m. I don't think it's 10 a.m. No, genuinely, because I see me moving through time. So if I'm going forward from midday, it's 2 p.m. No, because if you say, can I push it back two hours, that's pushing it later. No, if you push it back two hours, that's 10 a.m. No, okay, that's completely wrong. No, no, because you see time moving through you. I see me moving through time. If you tell me I'm pushing back out 12 p.m. lunch, I'm going, all right, 10 a.m., we're pushing it back two hours. I don't think that's right. <laughs> it is. I'm right. You're wrong. Uh, is it a concrete right answer or is it just interpretation? From what I've been reading, I think it's just how people view time. Like I can understand where you're coming from. But if you told me, can we push it back two hours? I would think 10 a.m. No, because if someone texted me like, can we push it back like two hours? I'd be like, okay, I'm seeing them at two. See, if you message me and say, can we move it forward two hours? I'd think 10 a.m. I'd think 2 p.m. <laughs> I mean, let's just never use that language and we won't really have that issue. Yeah, we'll clarify every time we need to move it back. Say the exact time. I feel like that's what we do anyway. I'm like, I'm running late. See you at one thirty. No time for these metaphors <laughs> in texting. Alrighty, we're going to jump into the juicy stuff. The stuff you guys are all here to listen to. Before we do jump into it, obviously our title of the episode is 10 reasons that you should be seeing a psychologist and so I'd just like to put out before our disclaimer comes in this can be triggering to some people and so this is a trigger warning we will be talking about trauma we will be talking about mental health family issues and big life events and we really implore you if this brings up anything if this triggers you to reach out to a professional or to reach out to a third party or family who can help you out absolutely we just love you all so much we want to make sure that everyone is safe um, and heard and protected and what we are talking about is obviously quite serious so for example Tam, do you have any of um, 
the stats around mental health at the moment. Yeah, so why we actually wanted to talk about it is because we have this discussion all the time of Phoebe saying, Tam, you need to go to a psych. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go to a psych. Like, and why we should and shouldn't be going. Um, But it blew my mind that it's estimated that in any given year, one in four Australians age 16 to 24 will experience mental illness. And that's wild to me because we all have more than four friends. And so for me, if I've got, say, 12 people in my group, that's three people who are going to experience mental health and who are experiencing mental health. And that age bracket, 16 to 24, is largely our target audience in our um, podcast viewings. And so I think that just really upsets me and it's quite like a wake up call. A hundred percent. It's genuinely a huge statistic. Like, And also similarly, one in four young people with moderate to severe mental health problems don't access mental health services. So not only are one in four not like experience are actually experiencing mental health issues or disorders, um, but one in four aren't even accessing help, which is so tricky because I don't know, I've been in that place where I haven't wanted help and I have wanted help. And it's such a, it's a really hard place to be in. Yeah, for sure. And I think it still stems from that really, I guess, maybe cultural or your family or maybe socially. Um, It's a bit taboo to be talking about mental health still, I think, even though we try and say like the stigmas removed. I think it's a really hard topic to grapple with. But I think even more so seeing a psychologist is not quite yet the norm. I know I struggle with it a lot, but I think Largely, I honestly think that that's maybe a cultural thing. Like, to be fair, South Africans don't really talk about their feelings. And so that's a big thing for me. But also, I think it's important to note that, you know, our government does see this as important and they see value in offering these services and helping us. So we're doing some research and the Morrison government is wanting to continue to help young people and support them with severe and complex mental illnesses. And they promised to invest another $206.5 million to ensure that we have access to additional treatment services and support. And so what that looks like is you get the 10 free Centrelink or Medicare, sorry, the 10 free Medicare psychologist appointments. But I think in the future, what that's going to look like is more ongoing support, which I think is incredible. And also not all the statistics are actually like small. Like for example, 3.4 million Australians saw a health professional for their mental health. Like that is huge. Yeah. And I think the numbers are still growing because they do seem a little bit small at the moment. So 13% of Australians saw their GP regarding their mental health. So usually you'll let your GP know of your symptoms and they might often give you a referral. Um, But only 8% of those people then saw a psychologist. So the numbers are getting there, but I think it's really important that we see a growth in that. And I think we'll dive into that a lot more as to why there would be a benefit of seeing a psych. And I think especially, hate to bring the C word in, but COVID has really rocked everybody and I think has really increased a lot of people's awareness of um, mental health or even just loneliness. And so I think people are reaching out a lot more since then, but also I think people are suffering a lot more since then. I agree. And I I don't want to throw stats at everyone, but I think it's really important to just get that visualization. So while... 
seeing a psychologist we think is really important i think there's been a lot of promotion of other things 61 percent of australians used at least one strategy to manage their mental health so that included increasing the exercise levels um, practicing thinking positively and doing more of what they enjoy but i think phoebs with those statistics being so high for example one in six australians currently experiencing depression or anxiety or both I think those other avenues aren't quite enough and having that third party could be really crucial and really beneficial for people. Oh, definitely. Like, I think those things definitely help and definitely, um, I don't know, assist in your mental health and do make you feel better. But at the end of the day, like, if you have an illness, you need to treat it appropriately. And I think seeing a psychologist is genuinely one of the best things you can do for your mental health. Definitely. And I think also, so I feel very blessed and saying this from a very privileged point of view. Um, I'm very, I know and I'm very acutely aware that I'm lucky that I don't suffer badly with mental health. So anxiety or depression or anything else, um, as I know some people do. And I'm very grateful and I thank God for that. Um, and I do have sympathy for people who do, but I also think Phoebs and I have this conversation all the time. While I don't really suffer from mental health, there's so many other reasons and benefits of seeing a psych. And so I think we also want to dive into that because mental health is a huge indicator. You should be seeing someone, but there are lots of other like life things and habits that we get into that it would be good to have a third party. Definitely. Like me and our friend Nat talk about it all the time, but we think like 99% of people would benefit from seeing a psychologist just because, like you said, I don't know, we're going to dive into it. Let's dive into it before um, we list all the reasons before. And yes, before we dive in, I would like to just let you know, Phoebe goes to a psychologist. I am too stubborn to go to a psychologist. So maybe this will convert me after, but the thought of talking about my feelings just like gives me the ick. A hundred percent. And it's never been just me being like, um, you have to see a psychologist in terms like, no, gross. Like she actually has been like, yeah, I probably should. I just don't want to. Um, I, for giving my context, um, I started seeing a school counselor in year eight, um, did that for two years. And then I that saw a psychiatrist in year 10, got diagnosed with major depression disorder, uh, general anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder and panic disorder. Um, and I was on medication for a few months, but went off of it. Um, and then I had to see a psychologist from there. Um, that kind of fizzled out. I didn't really connect with that person. Um, went a few years without seeing another one and then started seeing my current psychologist mid 2020. And I've, um, yeah, obviously I'm still seeing her. So that's kind of my journey with psychologists and mental health. Very nice. And I feel like you have gone through so many different seasons with that psych so it's really cool because it's not good but like different issues all the time but yeah it's nice to have that person who just knows everything about you yeah definitely like when I started seeing my psych um my anxiety was huge um and a major issue for me then we found so many strategies to deal with that to where now I honestly can say it's not really a huge issue for me anymore which is massive like I don't know my mum can tell you like I used to be at our shopping center dripping in sweat like couldn't answer a phone couldn't order food just literally the worst crippling anxiety and now you know I'm leading at youth like I'm learning to be a teacher so I'm leading people and I'm friends with people and I'm able to meet all these new people and it's a huge growth um and then my depression kind of got really bad and my um I don't know I don't think I really had an eating disorder I think I just really struggled with 
eating disorder tendencies. And so that was something we worked through together. Um, And then I experienced a trauma and eventually developed PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. So my poor psych has really been through it with me, but so have I. Um, But yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's been such an important season to have the same psychologist. Um, And I'm very lucky that I've had the same psychologist that whole time and clicked with her. And she's also a Christian, which is really important for me um, because a lot of my stuff does come back to God and like figuring out how he plays in all of it because he does. And I also think we need to give it up for Phoebes, give it up for the Lord. She's doing the work. But I also think that it's so huge that you're able to be so vulnerable on such a public platform and just allow people to, you know, just see you for you, but also just be able to show people that, you know, like it does get better, but it is ebbs and flows for sure. But you are actually doing the work and you're doing the work to better yourself, which I think is amazing. And I'm very proud of you. Thanks, Tammy. Honestly, I think I'm just, I don't know. I'm trying to be the person I always wish I could have had, Um, especially when, I don't know, I look at my 16-year-old self and my heart just breaks. Like she was so broken, um, so sad, so consumed by mental health. And to think that now I'm actively putting in the work and I'm genuinely doing pretty much everything I can. Um, but I don't know. It's also important to just have that support network and you're not going to get it right all the time. Like, again, like I have been struggling with mental health my whole life. I'm only getting to a point now at 21 where things are really getting better. Healing isn't time constricted. That's something Tam's actually helped me with as well as my psych. Um, there's no like deadline on when you're going to be better and if you're going to be better, but I have just really found that seeing a psychologist genuinely helps so much. All right, number one, I'm just jumping into it. This is going to be the banner for most things, um, most of the reasons that people are going to be seeing a psych. You are displaying symptoms that align with mental health disorders, such as anxiety, or you've actually been diagnosed. A hundred percent. If you have been diagnosed, you definitely will be um, referred on to a psychologist. Um, I want to say every time. It's genuinely a huge part of healing, especially with a diagnosis. I know some people really struggle with being diagnosed with illnesses or disorders, but I find it really helpful to realize I'm not just like crazy or I'm not absurd and I'm not just freaking out all the time. Like it's a genuine illness and a genuine chemical imbalance with my brain um, that I need to treat the same as I would treat any other illness or broken arm. Like, do you know what I mean? So that is definitely good. What are some symptoms um, of like mental health illnesses or um, that we should look out for? Yeah. So I think that our bodies are often our biggest indicators. I know when you went through something with a certain male, gross, um, you were feeling really off and really sick and not eating. And I literally just told you like you're pain is physically manifesting in your body and so I think our bodies are such a big indicator and so I know stress can manifest itself in a wide range of physical ailments such as recurrent headaches your stomach aches just a rundown immune system and if you're someone who doesn't usually get sick and you're sick every week week in week out I think it's you've got to look deeper and ask yourself like, why am I feeling this way? What are my external factors? Is my body reacting to something bigger? Definitely. Um, 
And like, like you said, loss of appetite is a huge one. Um, for me, when I'm really stressed, my skin breaks out horrifically, um, literally just all over the place. I remember when I had to move out of the last house I lived in, cause that was just a horrible situation. Um, at the end of last year, um, my skin was awful. It was gray. It was pimply. It was just like gross. And my boss was so cute about it. Like I was like, my skin's so bad. She was like, Oh, you look great. I'm like, I don't, but thank you. Um, but yeah, so that's a big indicator for me. And yeah, again, even like weight and um, just your general health, I think is huge to look out for. Number two, which I feel Phoebes might be able to speak to a bit more, um, is that you've suffered a trauma. Would you be able to define trauma for me, Phoebes? I sure can. Um, according to dictionary.com a trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience um I think it's also I think trauma is kind of a very big word that people are scared to use and scared to apply but genuinely so many things can be traumatic and it's kind of if you're still affected after it's happened it's a trauma for example a parent's divorce can definitely be a trauma for them but also for people involved legal things like assault and rape and domestic violence can definitely be a trauma um people getting involved in car accidents that can definitely be a trauma um losing a friend or um yeah grief and experiencing loss that can be a trauma i luckily experienced my trauma (laughs) Oh, luckily, I experienced my trauma when I was already seeing my psychologist for about five months. So thank goodness I had that relationship already um, and we were able to work on that together. And she kind of knew a bit of my history, which was amazing and very I'm very fortunate. Yeah, I even think about, you know, the trauma units and the trauma wards at the hospital, right? Like the whole premise of that is to treat something that has had a significant impact or a significant change or damage. And so, yeah, your big trauma could be really different for someone else. Your big and your small could be different for someone else. Like this is a very minute example, but like getting my visa canceled six hours before my flight after all that prep, I wouldn't say it's a huge trauma, but it's something that significantly impacted me and like still has impacted me just not really looking forward to things and like even this trip next week I'm like oh is it even going to go ahead like preparing for the worst that could be so small to you but like it's a big thing for my life and so I think you can't really put trauma too much in a box I think if something significant has happened to you or something significantly has impacted or damaged you then a hundred percent like seeing a counselor and a psychologist would be so beneficial This one, I think, is kind of associated with um, symptoms of mental um, health. But if you're feeling disconnected from activities that you've loved um, or even people that you like used to spend a lot of time with, that can often be a huge indicator that something isn't okay in your mental health. For example, I currently train, I'd say like five times a week because (laughs) gym junkie, (laughs) I'm joking. But last year I was training about, yeah, four or five times a week. And I love going to the gym. It's amazing for my mental health. Um, I feel so good when I work out. But when these eating disorders um, tendencies kind of came in, I wasn't able to train for a week because I was, what was I doing? I think I was sick and I wasn't able to train for a week. Um, But I was in a calorie deficit still. Whilst I wasn't training for that week, 
I lost like I think four kilos in a week, um, which was literally all muscle I can see now or all that kind of stuff. But to me, I was like, oh my gosh, that's success because that's me losing weight and I can see my ab line. <laughs> I'm like feeling a little skinnier. And so I stopped training at the gym for two, three months because I was like, oh, clearly the gym's making keeping me fat. I don't want to go to the gym, which is clearly obviously not how it works. And that's now I'm realizing was those like that mental health, like, because that's not correct. And I was tricked. My mind tricked me. Um, but yeah, like I loved the gym and I now felt disconnected from it because um, my brain wasn't functioning properly. Yeah, I remember being so excited and signing up to Virgin and being like, oh my gosh, faves, they're going to be gym buddies together. And then she didn't end up going and my membership got cancelled. But that's all right. Reidenberg, uh, I don't know if I butchered that name. He is a scholar and said that if you're disillusioned, feeling like there's not a lot of purpose or a point or feeling a general sense of unhappiness, then seeing a therapist could help you gain some clarity or start in a new direction. I think, yeah, just that clarity is really important of why you weren't wanting to go to the gym. But I also think it pushes you then into a new direction of, okay, like I'm not getting fatter from the gym. I'm getting muscle, which is so much more important, you know, or not more important, but it's healthier for you in that instance. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And then it's easy. It's not easy, but it's great that a psychologist um, knows, they know so much. Like I did one psych unit at uni in my first year and I literally was like, this is what they're learning in one unit, like let alone for a semester for however many years. Um, they know their stuff. Like they know so much about our brains, so much about how it functions. So if I'm saying to my psych, oh yeah, like I don't want to go to the gym because I think it's making me gain weight. She immediately can pick up, that's not correct because this is what your brain's doing. And it can help me really see where that doesn't make sense. Um, And not in a patronizing way, but genuinely just in a way like, this is why your brain's doing what what it's doing. Let's move on from that. I'll even text Tam sometimes um, because I also disconnect from her um, because I love her and I care about her. Um, and my brain tricks me into saying, you're not good enough to have good friends who love you. You're not good enough to reach out to people you care about or who care about you. Um, she doesn't like you, blah, blah, blah. List goes on. And so I am now able to identify that feeling because of my psychologist and I'll message Tam be like, Hey, just so you know, I'm going to drop off for a, a day or two. Um, I'm okay. I'm just like freaking out a bit. And she will keep texting me, <laughs> but she's not then offended that I'm not responding and she knows I'm just going through it. Yeah, I remember when you messaged me and I was like, no worries, I'm just going to keep updating you about my day. So I made like some pumpkin soup and then I went on a walk. No need to reply, just letting you know how I'm going. Um, But that links perfectly into one of our other points. So another reason is performance enhancement. Now, when I read that, I was like, what do you mean? And so this article was saying, just like an athlete would physically train and physically prepare for a big event, So should we mentally prepare for big events, life, just in general. And so when you're talking about, you know, figuring out your brain and how much psychologists know, I think it's also that performance enhancement for your life is educating yourself on how your specific brain works and what your triggers are. And I think that in itself is self-care for your health. Definitely. Like my psych says all the time, 
everyone comes with their own manual. No one's um, brain works the same. No one's mind thinks the same. Um, So things that work for me won't work for you. Um, The reason I do things won't be the reason you do things. Um, And that's just the way it is. And so that's why seeing a psych is great. I definitely think seeing a psychologist is part of my self-care. Like my love language is quality time. So a way I love myself is through seeing a psychologist come spending quality time also with myself. When I, um, because currently my psych's online, but um, when I was going in person, I get a little blueberry muffin, get a little coffee, sit in the car for like an hour, half an hour before my appointment um, and just either put on worship music or just spend time with myself and like reflect on what I learned at the last session, what I wanted to bring into this session. And it was really good. I don't know. It was, I really think it's an amazing way to figure out why you do what you do, whether or not it's healthy or unhealthy, but just realizing how you work and how your brain works is so important. Yeah. I think that point probably resonated with me um, the most because I, yeah, I don't suffer too much with mental health, but I think just realizing why my brain works the way it does and sometimes why I feel the way I do would be really important. And then I can better communicate and have better relationships with my friends and family as well. Even just with, I really struggled with rejection in any sense. It made me feel really personally attacked and I'd get really, really stressed and think I was the worst, I was a massive failure. And so even to realize why I really struggled with um, rejection and how it comes from me and my childhood and stuff that I experienced then and just realizing oh that's actually there's actually a reason why I get so upset when someone doesn't want to hang out with me Um, so it's so interesting to figure out why you do what you do because there's always a reason. Even on that point of rejection I think we get so arced up about rejection or fear of rejection because of low self-esteem. So ding, 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 here's two points of why I need to go see a psych. I think self-esteem is a huge thing and that falls under so many things like your self-confidence, your confidence in your body, your confidence in your character. Um, Yeah, I think that's a huge one to talk through. I probably need to talk through that as well. But yes, I think our self-esteem is a huge factor in how we react to other things and it would be I mean I've never been to a psych but it'd be interesting to see the strategies and the coping mechanisms that they would present in order to help with that because I know like I'm not tooting my own horn or anything but the things that I struggle with is I'm very sure in my character I'm very sure in the fact that like I'm a child of God and that I'm made in God's image I really struggle with body image though and so those two are just so weird because I'm so confident but I'm also so not and I'm so insecure and that's just so a self-esteem issue. And so, yeah, I think I should probably go to a psych, but I'd be really interested to see how they would be able to take on that and see what they do with that. Exactly. And there's literally so many strategies that can be used. I think I just have so many other issues to talk about. The self-esteem kind of gets lost, even though that is an issue I have as well. But you're the only person you have to live with all the time. So how you feel about yourself matters and how you view yourself matters. Um, And it affects everything. And so seeing a psych about that and talking through strategies to, um, I guess, appreciate yourself more and to see yourself either more neutrally or in a more positive way is so beneficial. That's something that I actually really want to talk about in one episode is body positivity and body neutrality. I think I'm definitely more body neutral because 
I think it more affirms the fact that my body's the least interesting thing about me. But even with low self-esteem, I know some of my friends who really struggle with body image and self-esteem and that actually stops them from doing so many things. Like we could walk into a room and it's fine, right? But for some people that's a huge deal because they're just thinking about what other people are thinking them thinking about them. It affects their dating life. It affects their friendships. But you said something really cool to me in the work car park once about what your psych said about who's actually ever said something to you. Do you want to tell them? Yeah. So again, like I said before, my anxiety really um, comes up when I'm at big shopping centers. I, I don't know why. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but I'm kind of just in my head like, oh my gosh, everybody's looking at me. Everyone's judging me. Um, everyone thinks I'm the most ugly fat person they've ever seen. And they're all just like thinking I'm disgusting and ew, she's gross. That's what's going through my head the whole time. So no wonder I'm breaking out in sweat and <laughs> stressed. I just want to leave. But my, I was telling my psych this and she said, has anyone actually come up and said that to you and said, I think you're really fat and ugly and disgusting, or I think you don't look good today. And I was a bit stumped because I was like, no. And she said, your fear is that people are thinking this of you and people are having this perception of you and judging you. But by you thinking this all the time, you're guaranteeing that you're being judged because you're judging yourself. And I was like, whoa, okay, I am. like, And this really changed my mindset because – if I'm judging myself, I'm guaranteeing I'm getting judged. Whereas I have no clue what anyone's thinking about me. And I don't want to be judged. It's a horrible feeling. And so um, really trying to be conscious of that and accepting that thought as it comes or like changing my mind. It's definitely been a hard mindset to shift and change. But her strategies have kind of been more on accepting the thought as it comes, not immediately changing to, oh my gosh, I look so good. Because sometimes I don't feel like I look good. But it's definitely something I'm working through and something really cool she's helped me realize. I think that was a huge conversation turner for me in the fact that I am my biggest critic. And yeah, I'm guaranteeing the fact that I'm going to get judged. I think the other thing that I thought was really cool from that is I think it's a gift from God that we don't get to know what other people think. I always think like how destructive it would be if I could see what people were thinking about me because you know some people are cruel but I do think that that's a huge gift from God because what other people think of you actually do not matter and it adds no value to your life I think what God has designed you to be and created you to be is so much more important and so I think he's really just graced us with that in the fact that Obviously, we have to get over the enemy being in our own mind, but we've got a perfect creator who made us in his image and we don't need to get validation from other people and really, we don't even need to know what other people are thinking about us. So I think that's a cool thing to come out of that as well. I think that trickles into another point we have on like bad habits and bad coping mechanisms because obviously we kind of like coping through affirmation and people can get that through drinking and getting drunk or using subs- other substances like drugs. Um, I know a lot of people that like to use sex or um, hooking up or physical stuff. That can kind of include like self-pleasure. Yeah, I think there's the bad habits and coping mechanisms and using the substances to cope. So like you said, drugs, sex, all that jazz. Um, I think that's a really prominent point for people in our age bracket is getting drunk every weekend when we say like oh I just want to have a really fun weekend I just want to get so drunk why 
Like, actually, why are we doing that? Because no one feels great the next morning. And I think, are we feeling the need to impress people? Are we maybe lacking in self-esteem that in this outfit, oh, I don't feel the best, but after like three sojus or four wines, like I feel really hot in this outfit. Or are we suppressing something else? I know one of my friends literally just used to get drunk because it was like, oh, like I had really hard week. And this just makes me like forget that. And so there's, yeah, this sense of feeling numb as well and so I think even it doesn't have to be drugs like it can be drinking it can be having one too many glasses of wine it can be eating like there's so many different ways I think also lying is a coping mechanism putting people down gossiping there's so many different coping mechanisms and bad habits that are a form of substance abuse right I think I've experienced people using substances and sex a lot, like with my friends and people I know, um, to kind of cover up insecurity and mental health issues. I think something I found out about last year that is huge is hyposexualization as a coping mechanism, which is essentially after an assault, usually sexual assault, um, people can usually cope in one of two ways. They either get completely terrified of sex and physical intimacy and the gender that assaulted them um but also people can go the other way um and actually have an increased libido and want to hook up or have sex all the time um and that's usually to gain control over their sexuality again because they feel like it's been taken from them so there's so many different ways people cope and all of them make sense like all of them you know when you drink or when you use a substance it's making you feel good and it's making you feel happy and it's making you feel confident and those are good things that we like to feel but they're not a natural way of feeling them and they're not an actually fulfilling or sustainable feeling because they're coming from a substance so we want to find um, coping mechanisms that are healthy um, and that are sustainable so that we can eventually feel confident and happy and all these other great emotions regularly and more naturally But using substances isn't going to guarantee that. I do think it's very um, innate in our culture, though, that, oh, like, I'll go talk to this guy after I have a few drinks. Like, I'll be more confident then. Or I'm so guilty of it, of, like, just feeling a bit ick. And then after a few bevies, I'm like, ah, girls rule the world. Like, I look so hot. Um, 100% I'm so guilty of that. But I think it needs to be a culture shift in that because – I just think if you are going out to a club, you're going out somewhere and you're young, you're single, you want to meet people, perfectly fine, like pop off queen. But I think if you always need to have a drink with you, then that's saying a lot more about you than anything else, to be honest, because we need to be able to do these basic human things without being under the influence or without being sober. There's this theologian, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he um, was asked, because I love the Sadie Robertson Huff podcast, she was interviewing him and she asked him what his thought on drunkenness um, as a Christian and what we should do. And he said that in the Bible, um, alcohol um, was drunk when there was something to celebrate um, and only to drink in joyous occasion and to yeah celebrate something that had happened. It should never be consumed to feel better so it should only be used because something great has happened and you're already feeling good so I think if you're 
drinking to feel better or to cover something up or using whatever this is to feel better, that's usually a big sign that something's probably not right and you're struggling with something, which is okay. And it makes sense to why you're using these things. Like it all makes sense. But um, if you want to change and you want to be better, you have to do the hard work. For sure. And I think, you know, we can, let's talk about drugs, right? Like we want to remove the absolute naivety of the fact that, you know, lots of people do do drugs and it's a really common thing nowadays from weed to coke. Like there's a wide spectrum and, you know, you might know people who do this. You might be at parties where people do this or you in fact yourself might be doing this. Um, I just want to say that it, the same principle applies. If you need to get high to feel less anxious going to a party or you need to get high just because the day was really long. I think there are so many other healthier ways that aren't going to affect you physically in the long run that you can cope with that and deal with that in the same way that the other things that aren't a substance, if you're continuously lying to make yourself look better or to be relevant in conversations, I think we've got to look within ourselves. It's really just about critical reflection and self-reflection because at the end of the day, a substance is an altering thing to your personality. And if you aren't confident in that and you need a substance, then 110%, let's go chat to a third party who can help you with that. And our coping mechanisms can also influence the people around us. Um, Even I've had some really strained friendships or even friendship breakdowns over coping mechanisms I was choosing because they weren't good for me um and friends were like either really disappointed or just didn't like the person they thought I was because of what I was choosing to fill myself up with um even though I was in a really dark place and really hurting and I probably did need a lot of people at the time um it's understandable to see how your habits bad habits can actually drive people away which is really sad but it's the truth yeah and on the flip side of that if you've experienced that your friendships are being strained or relationships and that can include family issues and generational trauma I know personally I really struggle a lot with like family communication our family doesn't communicate our feelings very well and that's like an embedded culture thing I think to be honest and so a lot not a lot, but often when like we have big blowups, it's because no one's communicating with each other. And even I know like Phoebes and Jules will pull me up on this sometimes. Like I sometimes just really lack communication because in my head I've thought it through and it makes sense to me, but I've not communicated that to the other person. And then I've hurt someone or like they're in a twist and it's just a whole schmozzle. Um, But also family issues I think are really important if you've got any sort of if you feel tension with a family member or you feel tense about going to family events I think there's something to chat about there and there's also like generational trauma that is passed down and does exist genetically for example there's a lot of mental health in my family genetically so it makes a lot of sense that I have it but also my personal immediate family has experienced a lot um, and a lot of trauma and so even just dealing with events that have happened, seeing a psych is great for. Um, that's actually why I had to start seeing the school counselor initially is because of an event that happened in my family. Um, but it can just really help if you're genuinely very passionate and you want to change yourself and you want to break that generational trauma, you can. Like there's genuinely so much in it. I also think it's such a Holy Spirit thing. Like the spirit can change everything, but also 
God gave us psychologists. God gave us resources to help us. And so seeing a psych can also really help. If you want to put in the work, like, yes, if everyone in your family has anxiety and it's just been passed down through generations or everyone has trauma um, or everybody has depression or even stubbornness. Stubbornness is so big within my family. We're very stubborn people. (laughs) Um, But that's something that I'm trying really hard to break. And it's very difficult, especially when it's just in you and it's in your nature. It's what you've always known. But I do genuinely believe that there is healing and redemption if you want it. And it doesn't have to be those big things. Like it doesn't have to be divorce and it doesn't have to be abuse. Like obviously those things, please like go chat to someone. I think it can genuinely just be your mum's sometimes just really hard to get along with. Like I love my mum. This isn't about her. But like sometimes family members, mums, dads, siblings are really hard to get along with and you just get so frustrated I think it's actually really good to chat about that as well because if you want that relationship to thrive and you genuinely love and care for that person and you're sick of blowing up or you're sick of being so angry at them, like I think that would be a great way to develop better communication or strategy. But even to talk to them, like Phoebe tells me all the stuff she learns at Psych and then I get to implement that as well. And so if I'm having... This isn't a real life example, but say my sister and I just didn't get on and I really wanted that relationship. I think it would be awesome to be able to go to a psych and chat about that and then let my sister know, hey, like this is what I learned in psych. Can we maybe implement this or I'm implementing this? I'm saying this because I know you're feeling this way kind of thing. And even if you haven't experienced anything like that, I think psychologists can also be a really good precautionary exercise and health measure so for example I've always said that when I get engaged I want my partner and I to start going to marriage counseling or see a psychologist together whatever that looks like because I think why not why wait until a big issue comes up or why wait until we start having issues if we are developing great communication strategies and talking it out from the beginning like it's just it just makes sense in the same way that you always take your car to get service like every is it six months who even knows I'm a girl um (laughs) but it's the same thing like you are constantly just checking in making sure that you're looking after yourself and your relationships before anything bad happens yeah I think that's a good point like nothing necessarily has to be wrong in that relationship I think as much as psychs help you grieve and heal and all that stuff, I think they also just give you general strategies for like how to live life a little bit easier from what I'm gathering. Yeah. Like even when I've had friendship issues that haven't been as significant as other stuff I've had, she's given me really great strategies, which I've actually spoken about on here, um, in how to have tricky conversations, um, how to deal with conflict. Um, so especially if you're going through friendship issues, that's another incredible resource another point on that of why we should see psychs that i think ties in with friendships and what a lot of people on our podcast as our viewers target audience and all that jazz a lot of us are either in the midst of uni or we're heading towards different life stages of our friends heading towards our 30s but quite a few of you actually have just finished high school in the last year or two And I think with that and with new life stages comes a lot of friendship breakdowns and friendship breakups um, and new relationships and relationship breakups. And so I think another point is just loss in general. I know I've had two friendship breakups that were pretty rough 
And I think I would have benefited a lot from going to see a psych, chatting that out, like expressing my feelings, but also how can I be a better friend in the future? And so I think that loss there, but also, you know, loss and grief, obviously, if someone has passed away, um, that you know that's close to you or even if it's just someone's death is really impacting you I think it would be great to talk to someone as well and we're all kind of in really fast changing you know your 20s and your late teens everything's gonna change like I feel like I always say this but I think this is genuinely the last decade where we don't know where our life is going at all like I don't know who I'm gonna marry I don't know what my next job is gonna be I don't know how long I'm going to be at this job for. I don't know what kids I'm going to have or like anything like that. I don't know where I'm going to be living in the next five years. It's just everything is changing. And sometimes it's really good to have one solid foundation to go through that with. Um, like Obviously, your friends are there, your family are there. But it's great to have a third party um, to discuss this with and discuss, you know, your body can change through um, different seasons and change with change if that makes sense like I talked about my skin before when I moved houses was I was freaking out I was like why is my skin breaking out so much and my sight going through how my body was reacting to this big change we have a girl who's 16 at work um and we were chatting today and she was saying how she has to be at work with us for the next I think two years and she's like oh I don't even want to leave like after that blah 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 and I'm like you don't like you're going to be a different person in two years like I was a completely different person six months ago (laughs) let alone now so who knows where your mind will be at um in two years like you might want to move at that point you might want to stay but because obviously she's like loving it right now but it's so you're going to change and you're going to adapt which is really exciting it's a bit scary but change can be really good and so you are going to change through all these things like you as a person is going to change so kind of having someone to navigate change with you is super helpful and I think our last point probably more important more related to me lol um is if your friends or your family have told you that you should maybe chat to someone or you'd benefit from seeing a psychologist I think you should take that up like your friends see so much more of you than you probably do. You're just your inward thoughts, right? But your friends see your actions, your behaviors, your symptoms of other things, and they genuinely love and care about you. And so I think they've suggested that you go and see someone. I would honestly challenge you in just, you know, looking up some sites near you. Um, And on that, I think our challenge for you this week is if any of these things that you've resonated with even if it's just one thing of um you know maybe it's drinking maybe it's performance enhancement or it's coping mechanisms or self-esteem I think just keep that in mind and in a little bit we're going to give you some psych recommendations but I think if you've resonated with that sit with it and just really think about if you will benefit from seeing a psych And even if you're not sure if you want to go through, because there is a tricky process sometimes to get to a psychologist, like getting a referral and all this kind of stuff. Even if you just see a counsellor at first, um, they're a lot easier to obtain um, and keep seeing and usually a lot cheaper. Um, So that's another alternative that you can use if you aren't completely sure if you need to see um, a clinical psychologist. um, Seeing a counsellor is also amazing uh, if you click with them as well. 
Yeah, lots of universities will have them for free. And nowadays, I'm pretty sure most workplaces do as well. So I'd lean into that. We asked you guys on Instagram if you had any recommendations. Now, we are so acutely aware that struggling uni students do not have a lot of money. And so some of these, if you are not in the car driving and you're just sitting somewhere, grab a note book like oh that's so old school grab your phone just jot some of these down because some of them are medicare and so they are cheaper and some of them are free and some of them are private health so um number one recommendation actually was the talbot center um michelle damon in particular is apparently really great i've got the resilience center in epping Blue Mountains Clinic, um, Alex and Tony specifically, they said that they're worth the travel even if you are from Sydney, which I think everyone's kind of spread out everywhere. So if you're willing to make the journey, Colette Smart is an incredible psychologist. She goes to St. Paul's Mind Work Psychology, Catherine Hurrell, clinical psychologist, and another one which I think is great, which is a great starting space for a lot of people, is Headspace. So I know quite a few people who are on Headspace. It's free and it seems that they really build a support network around you and around some of the things you're going through. There's definitely so many options out there and unfortunately sometimes it is a bit of a shopping situation, like finding people you connect with and sucks you connect with but I think it's incredibly worth it when you do find the one that you really click with um and it doesn't happen and might not happen straight away I'm very blessed that mine did but it's so I just I can't rave about it enough if if anyone I get into a conversation about seeing a psychologist with they know how passionate I am about how incredible it is and how much my mental health has gotten so much better um through using that as a resource And if you're anything like me and no, you should probably see one, but don't want to see one, let's do it together, besties. Like, I think it would just be really helpful to do it. And it's scary talking about your feelings or it might be scary telling your family that you're going to a psych or it's just really expensive. But there are so many options out there for us. And I think it would be a great spot because going on my regular walk or journaling just isn't going to be enough if I'm dealing with other stuff that is a lot heavier and someone who is qualified can help me with. What is something that you would give to our listeners that is maybe the best thing that you've learned from psych or a big takeaway for you? I think one of the biggest, obviously there's so many under different subcategories, but I think one of the most impactful things I've learned is that I literally have zero control over anybody else and anybody else's responses, behaviors, um, or what they say. I can only control what I do Um, and so that really helps when I struggle with anxiety and I'm stressing over what someone's going to say to me and I'm stressing over how somebody's going to react to anything or anything like that because I'm like, oh, okay, I actually can't control that. All I can control is what I do. I can consider other people and I can consider um, how they'd react, blah, 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 but I actually have zero control over that and that has been a huge Um, weight lifted off of me especially with my anxiety I love that and I think yep it's been a really heavy episode to be honest talking about all of it but I think a very needed conversation something that we need to talk about a bit more I love that we have differing views on psychs and we're in different seasons of life and we love you guys so much and we genuinely want the best for you and we hope that this episode has been challenging but also just a little bit um, reassuring that it's okay to go and chat to someone. Definitely. Yeah. Go grab a chalky, grab some Maccas, just like a bit of a pick me up. 
Um, but also if any of this has resonated with you or made you think about psych in a different way than you had before, reach out to somebody, somebody, you can always reach out to us. Um, but yeah, we'd love to encourage you to not let the conversation end here. Like keep it going. Um, keep asking questions. Let's get rid of this taboo. It's 2022. Psychs are so normal. Like we said, um, And we just like all are about self-help, getting yourself better, being the best version of you. Um, And this is just one way that you can do it. So um, we really want to encourage you with that. We're keen to jump into more episodes like this to talk, to talk. (laughs) We're keen to jump into more episodes like this to talk about the real things and talk about hard things. We are so excited to be back in your ears, guys. We have missed you. We've missed this. But we will see you next week. Bye.